Good evening, Family Church Waterside, and welcome to another Sunday Night Local. Um, it's great to be with you again, and great to be able to connect um, in this way. Looking forward to bringing the Word of God uh, to you as we just kind of have a Bible study um, tonight. Um, trust that you're all well, and myself and Wendy, you know, very much keeping you all in our in our prayers um, during this time. And um, I just encourage you, as I always do, to to stay connected. Um, with all the various things that are going um, on during the week, lots of different, lots of different stuff. Um, just wanted to particularly mention um, tomorrow night's prayer meeting. Of course, we've had three weeks of um, prayer and fasting, or well, we haven't had three weeks. <laughs> We're into three weeks of prayer and fasting, and going kind of into the final few few days now, leading up to Friday, and. Um, so we're going to have a, prayer, a waterside prayer meeting tomorrow night at half past seven. Um, I'd really encourage you to uh, be part of that. I've sent, already sent out the Zoom details and stuff for that. And there's all kind of the usual things going on. Soul winning, of course, on Wednesday nights as well, uh, which is brilliant, brilliant teaching. I'd really encourage you uh, to be part of that and to watch that. It's all about how to win, how to win your world and loads of great practical ways of doing that as well. Um, how to do that effectively. Yeah, so lots of stuff connecting and all the kind of usual stuff, talking church and um, uh, Pastor Gina's Bible study tomorrow and of course there's connect groups and other things going on um, during the week. So yeah, stay connected um, during this time. And if you can be part of the prayer meeting tomorrow, um, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. Um, that'd be so, so good. Just looking forward just to seeking God, um, seeking God together um, during this time. So let's get into the word of God. And um, as before we do that, let's just pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you are so, so good. Lord, you're so, so wonderful, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for all the great things, Lord, you do in our lives. Lord God, we thank you for every single one. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're always with us. You promise you never leave us and forsake us. And, and while we're in a strange time again in lockdown, Lord God, that you're with us, Lord God. And you're with us each step of the way. And we just thank you for the truth of that. And I pray, Lord, you just speak to us through your word tonight. Lord, I pray, Lord, the word will fulfill its purpose, Lord, to produce a harvest 30, 60, 100 times, Lord, what is sown. Lord, just do what you want to do in our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So, um... Tech-wise, we're trying out a new microphone um, tonight. We did a test, myself and Dan, we did a test during the week. So, um, and it was all fine, hunky-dory. So hopefully it's all coming across okay. I can't see your comments or anything else. So hopefully it's coming across um, okay. Um, if it's a little bit quiet, maybe just turn up your volume, but hopefully the volume's um, fine. Um, so anyway, but it should be very, very clear. So that's good. So we started a new series last week, um, of course, on building the house and looking at different aspects of that and there's kind of two different angles on that is God wants to build the house of our life and God wants to build or also wants to build his church as the Bible says he will build his church and and as Jesus himself said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not um, overcome it so there's kind of like two different different angles but we're kind of particularly looking at building the house of our life at the moment and uh, last week we looked at um you know, the, the fact that, that God is a God of new beginnings, that God loves new beginnings. We've gone into a, a, a new year. Um, it's a good place to start. God is a God of new beginnings. Um, you know, we, we are a new beginning and what God has already done in our life. Therefore, to, we looked at 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new is here. So God has already done a great new work in us, has made us spiritually um, brand new. That's what God does. This is how he, he's building 
our lives. And then we looked about, but also about what God wants to do. Because he's already done amazing stuff in us, but what he wants to do kind of going into the future in our lives. He is, he is a God of new things. He's a God of, he's a God of new life. And that's what we can build our life upon. Isaiah 43, 18, 19, we looked at and it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. It's always God's desire to be doing a new thing and to be doing new things in your life, to be new things throughout this year. So let's be believing for that, for God to do stuff that he hasn't done in your life so far or things that you've been believing for, you know, for a long, long time or maybe just been believing for for a while. But let's let's be believing God to do new stuff in your life forget the former things that doesn't mean to say you know forget all the good stuff God's done in your life but what he's saying but don't live in that place move on because God's still got great stuff he wants to do in your life and and then we looked at the river of God and, and which is all recorded in Ezekiel 47 and about how the river of God it brings life and talked about the Dead Sea and uh, which what it talks about there the, the picture that Ezekiel sees the vision that he has and in that, the, the Dead Sea, which is called the Dead Sea for a reason, and it has, it's just full of death. There's just nothing there, no plant life, no marine life. Uh, but how the river of God flows into the, would flow into that uh, Dead Sea and, and would bring life and it would be teeming with fish and, and trees would grow and plants would grow and it would just radically change. And it's all about the river of God or God's, and the Holy Spirit, which is always, you know, river of God is, is so often a symbol, symbol of the Holy Spirit. And the way the Holy Spirit works and when God's moving, the Holy Spirit's moving uh, in our lives, then God will bring new life. There'll be new beginnings. He's doing a new thing. Let's, let's perceive it as Isaiah was encouraging us to do. And Ezekiel recognised what the river of God does. As it flows into our lives, it'll bring life. Even where there's things that, mainly things we've been believing for for a long time, but there hasn't been life, that then God God can do it. Amen. So that's what we were talking about last week. This is a very, you know, just a very quick summary of that. So... I just want to continue to speak about this, about building, building our lives and building the house of, of our lives. And what I want to start looking at is, is um, some stuff that's in the book of Ezra. Um, we're going to look at uh, more at this in, in future weeks, um, talking about the exiles um, returning to Israel and about the basically what God does through them and rebuilding and lots of different stuff that goes on. But so I just want to kind of just start to start this off, kick this off tonight. So. Look at the exiles returning to Israel. So this is basically what's happening um, in this particular situation. It's recorded in Ezra or just kind of pre what's recorded here and what we're going to read. Um, in 589 to 587 BC, and some of the years are actually slightly sketchy, <laughs> as in some of the scholars differ by year or so either, the, either way. But it's, it's near enough. <laughs> 589 to 587 BC, basically Jerusalem... Um, is, is sieged and it was completely razed to the ground, burnt to the ground and destroyed. And the original temple, which was the temple that God told Solomon to build, so it was often known as Solomon's temple, was completely destroyed. And and, and the temple um, in, in Jewish times, of course, it symbolised God's presence. It was where kind of where God lived. And we know that God is omnipresent. We know that he's not limited to one place. One of the attributes of God He's omnipresent as well as the other, you know, amazing attributes that he has that he's all knowing and all powerful, uh, etc. But he's also can be anywhere at once. OK, so he's not limited to a place, but kind of but just the way it was kind of working in that in that time is, is God's presence was dwelling in this in that in one particular place where his presence and anointing was just like it was with the Ark of the Covenant um, in earlier Jewish times, etc. OK, so 
anyway, so the temple was completely destroyed, and and it's actually the the Israelites' disobedience that had led to this point. Jeremiah, one of the great prophets, had been given loads of warnings that basically, if you don't turn back to God, if you don't stop worshiping other gods, then basically Jerusalem's going to fall, your country's going to fall, and you're going to be taken off into exile. And sadly, that's what ends up happening. So. Uh, the vast majority of people were taken into captivity. Um, there were a few kind of left left there, but they were taken to Babylon and put into captivity. Um, it's kind of cutting a long story, very short. The exile ends in 538 BC, which after a king or King Cyrus, he captures Babylon. So the Israelites were roughly 50 years in, in exile, okay? So they've been disobedient. Jerusalem is just... God allows this to happen for Jerusalem to be destroyed, for the temple to be destroyed, and then they're, they're taken, many of the people are taken into captivity to Babylon uh, for about 50 years. But it's always been God's plan, as it always is, to bring, to bring restoration, as we talked about last week, to, to bring new life, to bring change, to do something new. And it was always God's plan to bring restoration, just like, of course, before the dawn of time itself, God's plan was always sending Jesus and, and to do what Jesus did on the cross for us amen so we're going to read from Ezra chapter 1 which talks about this and basically what happens when when God God starts to bring the people back after their 50 years in exile in Babylon so remember Cyrus has captured Babylon has the context of this first verse so Ezra 1 first one in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus king of Persia to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus king of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem in Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem and may their God be with them. And, and verse four, and in any locality where survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with free will, offer, free will offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. Verse five, then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbours assisted them, this is great, all their neighbours assisted them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock and with valuable gifts in addition to all the free will offerings. So Cyrus, the king of Persia, remember he, he captured Babylon, he decides to let the people go, but it's all because God was working upon his heart um, and it was bringing change there. Remember God was doing a new thing, making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland and decides to let the Israelites go back and then talks about basically what God had laid on his heart as the king, that they were to build the temple. And then they take up a massive offering and, and it says all the families got behind it and they, they were prepared to go and build God's house, to rebuild the temple. And they, they put loads of silver and gold into it and even their, and their neighbours assisted with it and kind of everyone got involved. So, so what, what I want to draw out of that this evening is their first priority on returning from exile was to rebuild the temple. So the temple was the house of God or the presence of God in Israel, as we already mentioned. But their first priority was to have God in their midst. You know, and, and the Israelites have an interesting journey don't they, in the Old Testament. It's kind of sometimes, sadly, a very much an up and down journey. That was never God's will and plan for them. But it very much been kind of an up and, up and down uh, journey. Where kind of one moment they're up and one moment they were down and one moment they were kind of in, in between. Um, 
and then you have a good king and, and then at the time of the kings they'd have a good king and a king who was kind of pro-God and pro all the things of God and then his his son became king and he was anti-God and, and anti the things of God and started worshipping other gods and encouraging the people to worship other gods. It was very much an up and down journey and sometimes the, the, the Israelites were very much into, you know, uh, into the law and, and following the law and other times they just kind of went, went a bit wild um, which is what originally led to this exile as I mentioned. But anyway... So they're now getting into a good place. Hopefully they've learnt from their exile. I think that, that's the reality. And, but their first priority was to have God in their midst. The first priority that, that they had before kind of building homes for themselves and all kind of other things was that we must have the temple of God rebuilt. It's so, so important that the presence of God is, is amongst us. Then, you know, God must be at the centre of all that we do. And that was a great, uh, excellent decision that they made. It says that the people gave huge offerings to make that happen. Such was the importance they placed on it being rebuilt, the temple being rebuilt, and God dwelling amongst them. That they gave incredibly generously loads of silver and gold and goods and livestock and, and all sorts of things. So the Israelites had learnt a hard lesson from exile. As I said, it was a disobedience to God that had caused the exile in the first place, as God had sent many warnings that that was going to happen. But they now in a, in a great place and they made a really, really good decision. That we must put God, God first. And we're going to look more at kind of Ezra and Nehemiah and the kind of whole rebuilding and the rebuilding of the walls. And you may know about those things um, that, that take, take place. We're going to look more at that kind of in future weeks. No, but, the, but the Israelites, they made a great decision here. We must put God at the centre. You know, and that's true for us in our individual lives. If we're going to be successful, if we're going to be successful Christians, if we're going to be effective Christians, if we're going to be all that God desires us to be, if we're going to live in the will of God, then the best decision we can possibly make is to put God at the centre, to keep God at the centre, to keep Jesus at the centre um, of our lives. Amen. You know, Pastor Andy's been talking on Sunday mornings, the last couple of Sundays, about being set apart and, and consecrated for him. I was talking this morning about, about submission and, you know, that consecration means submission, that we're fully submitted to God um, and the will of God. So the Israelites made a great decision here to be submitted to the will of God, put God at the centre. You know, we are also a temple. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says that. I won't read the scripture, but it talks about us being the temple of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that a lot when we looked at the fruit of the Holy Spirit before Christmas so they made the priority of having God dwell amongst amongst them they made the decision to put God first you know so this is a challenge to us isn't it what are the priorities in our lives is it a prior, priority for us to have God in the center of our lives it's a, it's a challenging thought isn't it it's challenging to me personally and I'm sure it's challenging to you you know so what basically what with our life being a house when we're using that analogy of our life being a house what are we building our house on? In other words, we could ask it kind of in a slightly different way. What are we building our house on? You know, there are a whole load of different things that this world builds the house of their life on. And they might build it on money. They might build it on, on fame. They might build it on, you know, all sorts of different, uh, you know, all sorts of different uh, different things uh, that are not good. They may build it on a sinful lifestyle. They may build it on all sorts of things, you know, that certainly aren't good. But what are we building our house upon? What is our life built upon? What, how, where do we get our values in life from? You know, and I believe if we're going to be effective Christians, that God's desire is us to always be building our house on God, building our house, building our life upon him. 
not running after what the world says. Remember Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, do not be, Paul was very clear, he's writing to the Roman Empire, because it's the book of Romans, so he's writing to, to Rome, writing to the Roman uh, Roman Empire, which was yeah, crazy, full of crazy stuff, and lots of people living crazy sinful lifestyles and building their lives on all sorts of things, and immorality was uh, was huge, and uh, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. It's very similar to kind of to how our world is these days. And Romans, so Paul was writing to the Romans in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He said, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed for the renewing, by the renewing of your mind. Let's have never conformed to the pattern of this world. This world has a pattern and a way of doing things, things that they build their life upon, like money or, or fame or you know, success or, you know, or a sinful lifestyle and diff, different, different things while living. But let's be building our life on God. Amen. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed as God renews our minds. Amen. So what are we building the life of our house on? So 1 Peter 2, verse 4 to 8, Peter says this, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, so I'll just read it first and then we'll kind of unpack it. As you come to him, the living stone, let's talk about Jesus, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Remember, we're talking about building a life, seeing our life as a house. We're being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Verse 8, and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. So it talks here about Jesus, well it talks about us being built into a spiritual house. So this kind of fits very much with what, what we're talking about. And we're called to be a holy priesthood. And, but then it talks about the cornerstone and the cornerstone meaning Jesus. And of course there could be a... a you know, we're, we're living stones built into a spiritual house. There's an individual angle of that, of our own lives. You could also be the, the corporate angle of that. Uh, with it, we're not going to look at that so much tonight, but there could also be the corporate angle of that um, as, as a church. You know, we, are, we are living stones as we make up the church church together. Church is never buildings. Buildings are great, but the church isn't a building. The church is us. I mean, it's people. But Jesus is the cornerstone, is what Paul was saying here. He's rejected, or the, li the living stone, or the cornerstone. He says, see, I lay a stone in Zion and chosen and precious cornerstone. Also calls, him, also calls him the living stone. It's rejected by humans, but chosen by God. So what is a cornerstone? What does that even mean, Jesus being the cornerstone? Why, why is he being called a, <laughs> a brick? <laughs> you know, what, what does that mean? So the cornerstone is the first stone that's set in a building so it's, it's the stone that joins two, two walls together at the corner and is used as a reference for ensuring the building is built correctly. So when it, so they put it in a corner, hence the name corner stone. It's literally a stone that goes in the corner, clues in the name. So it joins two walls together at the corner and, it, and it's used to ensure that you're building the wall straight. Cause if you, I mean, I don't know that much about building, but I do know if you don't build a wall straight, you're going to have problems when it comes to building the rest of the house or putting the roof on or <laughs> having strength. All those kind of, you're, going to have, you're going to have big issues. right? So Jesus, as the cornerstone, this is what God desires for Jesus to be in your life, is to ensure that your life is built true and straight. God doesn't, God's desire for you is never that your life is going off course, 
that is kind of going off at an angle that you get you kind of get distracted and you know you're going off in the wrong direction god's 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 desire for you is always that your life is true and straight but the way they do that just to use that building analogy that paul's uh, peter sorry is using here is, is when you make jesus the cornerstone that ensures that everything that's built on that cornerstone or on around that cornerstone is true and straight and going in the right direction and it has strength and and everything else amen now paul did have some more paul had himself had more stuff to say about this ephesians 2 verse 19 and 20 says this consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with god's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets uh, i kind of unpack that in a second with christ jesus himself as the chief cornerstone in him so remember this could be talking about our own lives and as a church but we're talking about this more kind of us as individuals and what we build our life on verse 21 in him the whole building so the whole building of your life is joined together in him amen as the cornerstone and rise to become a holy temple to the lord you are the temple of the holy spirit and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which god lives by his spirit yeah we are the temple of the holy spirit amen as we just mentioned in 1 Corinthians 3. So Jesus is the chief, uh, chief, is the chief cornerstone. He's the chief cornerstone. So he joins the rest of the building together. So remember, it ensures that the, the building, the cornerstone ensures it's being built true and straight. God does not want you going off at angles, getting kind of distracted. There's, there's another scripture, I can't recall exactly where it is, where it talks about people being uh, blown around by every wind of doctrine. You know, kind of, they kind of hear, you know, they're believers, but they kind of hear there and everywhere. And, you know, you might have met people like, not judging, but you might have met people like that uh, in your life before. And, you know, God does not want us like that, kind of blown around by the wind, um, you know, over here and then we're over here and then we're kind of over there and we're kind of, yeah, a bit, a bit confused theologically. And that's, that's never God's desire, desire for us, to be blown around by every wind of doctrine, but to be true and straight. But also the chief cornerstone also brings strength. You know, we all need strength in our life, amen, strength to just to deal with the realities, realities of life. And, and all that we can face in life but the way to get that strength is to keep jesus as a chief cornerstone amen and then it talks about also talks about being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets you may be thinking well what does that mean you know the apostles and prophets you know peter and, and paul and, and and john and all the kind of great kind of apostles uh, that there were in timothy etc so what does that mean to build to be built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets so it's literally talking about basically their own teaching so in other words the word of god the great teaching that we have throughout throughout the new testament the word of god so jesus is the cornerstone that holds the word of god together in fact jesus is the word we know that from john uh, you know from the book of john and he is the word become flesh amen so jesus is the cornerstone that holds the word of god together so it's talking about building your life on the word so build your life on the word the foundation of the uh, the apostles and prophets build your life on, on on the word of god the apostles and their teaching and and build your life on god so build your life on the word so jesus himself and the word of god and of course we know that jesus is the word the word became flesh as i mentioned so what did jesus himself actually say about this The well, very well-known passage. What did Jesus have to say about what you build your life upon? This is recorded in Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. So it's talking about here, about building a life on, on Jesus and on, on, and on the kind of teaching of the apostles and prophets or te- building your life on the word of God. It says this, 
Matthew 7 verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. So Jesus is directly dealing with this this here that Peter and, and Paul have been talking about, that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He is the rock and the word of God is the rock. The words of Jesus are the rock. Whoever builds Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, so obviously we need to hear, not just hear them, does not know the word of God. Of course, we need to apply it and put it into practice. Um, you know, it's not enough just to know. We, you know, we need to um, apply it to our lives in, in every different area of our lives and make ourselves submitted you know, to the word of God, of course. But it says when, when that happens, that when the storms come, then, then, your life, then your, the house of your life will not fall because it has its foundations on the rock but if you build your life on sand or build your life on what the world would build its life on then when storms inevitable storms of life come then your house of your life is going to just fall flat you know in um just to kind of use a local um analogy on the isle of wight which obviously is not that not that far from us it's one of the, it's got one of the kind of the most rapidly eroding parts of, of britain um yeah, it's one of the most rapidly eroding parts of Britain. So um, you may be aware if you've been to the Isle of Wight or just know about these things as to certain parts of the Isle of Wight, places where the sea is eating into it and it's gradually falling. It's, gra- well, it's not funny, but it's gradually falling into the sea. It's just a reality because some people, it's incredibly sad, um, you know, because they lose homes and, and all sorts of things. Um, but it is just a very, it's a very quickly eroding place. And the Isle of Wight, as I said, is one of, it's one of the quickest places in the country of how kind of quick it's disappearing. And... You know, so you have an issue there because when because when houses that were built there and often they would be building new houses, but houses that were built a long time ago, it's almost like building your life on sand. So when the winds come and when the waves come and when the storms come, then eventually that house is going to end up in the sea. It's just the reality of what naturally is occurring um, in that situation. But when you build your house, and so to use that analogy, that's what people are doing when they're building their life on sand. That is, it's, it's inevitable. I'm not predicting negative things, but just saying the reality of what the Word of God says. When you build your life on on sand and stuff and and you know things that aren't strong that are, that are anything other than Jesus, then inevitably when the storms come, then your house of your life is going to fall flat. But when we build it on Jesus, it's completely different. Amen. Praise God. You know Jesus wants us to get through every storm of life. Jesus wants us to be successful and an effective Christian through every storm of life. Amen. But when you build your house on the rock. Or, or we can use that same word, the cornerstone, or the cornerstone that we've been talking about tonight. Then your life will be absolutely unshakable, and it will be immovable. It will be everything that God desires it to be. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to cope through any situation. It would also be true for a church. As we, if we, remember, we're not talking so much about the church tonight, but it's also, but it's true. If, if we corporate as a church, build our life on the rock, the chief cornerstone. Remember, Jesus is the head of the church anyway. Then we will be an absolutely unshakable and an immovable church able to withstand any storm so i just want to encourage you with that tonight is what are you building your life upon what are you building your life upon because god wants your life to be strong god wants your life to be true and straight just like the analogy of building a house he wants it to be going in the right direction he wants it to be effective he doesn't want the storms of life 
to make the house of your life fall flat. But the onus is on us to make great choices in that. To say, Jesus, I'm going to keep you as the cornerstone. I'm going to build my whole life around you. All my values and all the things that I value in the way I deal with my money and the way I deal with my marriage and I deal with my, my children and you know, I kind of deal with it in my workplace. I know most of us have to work from home, of course, at the moment. But the way we deal with our workplace and kind of all the different things and just a wider family and this, you know, kind of everything that kind of makes life life. I'm just going to base all of that around you, Jesus. I'm going to build all of that on you, Jesus. You are going to be the chief cornerstone. I make that decision and that choice to build it around you. I understand that I'm a living stone and I'm being built. And also I'm going to build it on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus, you are the word anyway. The word became flesh. I'm going to build my life upon the word of God. I'm going to build it on the precepts of the word of God. I'm going to make it a priority to, to do that. To give the word of God high priority in, in my life and to apply it to my life. And as I live out those values and live out those precepts, my life will remain strong in him. Amen. And just like the Israelites as well, let's keep Jesus at the centre. Jesus at the centre, as the chief cornerstone, the centre of your life in all your decision making processes. Maybe you're in a, in a situation right now where you've got to make some decisions about the future. Let's not ever be making decisions in, in, in a natural and just natural wisdom. I encourage you, go, go to God with it. Go to Jesus with it. Ask Jesus for wisdom in it. Keep him at the centre of your decision making. And, this, and the centre of, of how you live your life and, and the values of your life and, and the values that you're passing on to your, if you've got kids and stuff, what you're passing on to your children, etc. You know, because remember, it's God's desire for you to be a fruitful Christian. We talked about it last week and how the river of God will make you fruitful when you allow that the Holy Spirit to flow through your life, will make you fruitful. But it's God's desire for you to be fruitful in every single season. But the key to it is making a great choice, just like the Israelites did. So the first thing we're going to do when we get back from exile is a horrible situation we've been in. We're going to rebuild the temple. We need God's presence among us. We need we need God with us. We need God to be amongst us. We need his favour to be upon us. So like, this is what we're going to build. We're going to kind of build everything else later. We're going to build our houses and everything else later and shops and everything they had to do to kind of rebuild their country. But like, no, we build the temple first and that's where we put our priority. Amen. So I just to encourage you, what are you building your life upon? Let's keep Jesus at the centre. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you are the cornerstone. Lord, we thank you that we can build our life, Lord, on you. We can build our life, Lord, uh, around you, Lord God. Lord, you keep our, our, our life, Lord, true and straight. You keep it on course. You keep it on, you keep it on track, Lord. You bring strength, Lord, to our lives. Lord, we choose to build the house of our lives, Lord, upon you. Lord, we choose, Lord, to build it as well on the foundation, the, the, the apostles and prophets, to build it on the word of God. And we know you are the word. You are the word. Become flesh. Lord, we build it on the word. We put the, the word of God into practice. You talked about Lord, it's not, not just enough to know it, but we need to hear your words and put them into practice. Lord, we want to have a strong foundation. Lord, we want to be able to withstand the storms of life, all the storms that have been in 2020 and, and they may still be around us in 2021 at the moment. Lord God, we just keep our eyes focused on you. Lord, the world may do what the world does. Lord, we, we're desperate, Lord, for them to be saved. And we pray for that and believe for that, Lord God. 
We know it's not your will that any should perish, but the world may do what the world does. Lord, but we choose, Lord, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and not to conform to that pattern, but to conform to the pattern, Lord, you've given us, Lord, to build our lives upon you, that sure and solid foundation, that rock that can never be moved, and no storm can, can ever move us. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, you're so, so good. Lord, use us for your glory. Use us for your purposes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I trust that's spoken into your lives uh, this evening. It's been great to connect with you um, again. So we continue this in future weeks. Um, we've got a, uh, our own guest speaker next week. So Josh Smith is going to be speaking Sunday Night Local next Sunday. So really looking forward to that and continue to expand this series on uh, build, building the house. So it's going to be really exciting. We look forward, uh, look forward to that. Have a great week. Um, we continue to pray for you and we'll see you soon. Bye.